0: you're listening to the Runaway Together podcast. This is episode number 17, crafting the perfect wedding vows with the vow whisperer. I'm your host, Katie Doherty, and I am an elopement and intimate wedding photographer based in Los Angeles. I created this podcast as a resource for couples who are considering an elopement. If you'd like more information and some inspiration about eloping, please visit runawaytogether.co. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Tanya, who calls herself The Vow Whisperer, and I'm looking at her website right now, which is TheVowWhisperer.com, and I just want to read a little bit about what she does. She says, together, we will put your thoughts on paper and transform them into authentic, heartfelt, memorable vows. Once every syllable is perfect, we master work on your most flawless delivery. At this point, I will coach you on the delivery of your vows so that you will present them confidently confidently. confidently, and with joy. You'll receive constructive feedback on everything from projection, posture, body language, content, and expression. The dream you envisioned of your wedding will come to life with heart, soul, and feelings that reflect the journey you have traveled on together. Tanya is a really unique person because not only does she help you craft these wedding vows and then practice the delivery of these vows, but she can also officiate the ceremony. So let's get right into my conversation with Tanya. Thank you, first of all, for taking the time to talk to me. I am thrilled to be talking to you. <laughs> we'll just start off right away with if you want to let us know um, what your business does and maybe the areas that you served, um, where you're located, stuff like that.
1: Of course. So the business, The Vow Whisper, has actually been around for less than a year, although what I've been doing, I've been doing for about 10 years. And essentially, the business is divided into a couple of different buckets, uh, shall we say. The brunt of it is helping couples write their vows. And what's very important to note is that I'm not the writer. What I do is extract as much as I can from that person now let me back up for a second because this is important before we even get going on vow writing I meet with a couple one time and it's the only time that we talk about the vows together I make them promise that they do not discuss these vows together Until the moment of when I think it should be a surprise. So, the first meeting is generally to establish the vibe, the tone of voice, the length of time, how much religion, how much spirituality, et cetera, et cetera. And then the idea really is that I will hold their hand from the minute they decide that they want to write their vows up until right before the ceremony. And the process is such that. I ask them so many questions and get everything I could possibly want from them from their incredible moments together to what they've overcome as a couple together to make them stronger because I do believe that vows, you know, that a ceremony should be real and it's not it's not just this, you know, Instagrammable perfection that we're seeing. I think I think you should tell a story and a real story that does not mean airing out your most horrible, you know, laundry together, but to talk about something that you've overcome, I think is part of the story. And, you know, what things, for example, you know, what was the defining moment when you knew she was the one to how, what did your mother think of him or so many things. And then moving all the way through to what they want to promise to each other and we're we're talking about not just getting ready for the wedding day and the vows on the wedding day but we are prepping for the foundation of their marriage because everything that they're going to say in those vows is forever or hopefully forever all of this this extraction that I get from them and I guess I have a a gift or a talent where People feel very comfortable with me and they will open up and everything that they say to me is a nugget. It's something that I can use. And so using their words, we will collaboratively write their vows. Now they don't have to know how to stitch a sentence together. I don't care about that. I'm really getting the essence and the feeling and you know using the words they give me i will then edit rewrite manipulate fudge do whatever i have to do to create vows that are really beautifully written once everyone is happy with the way it sounds and there's a beginning middle and an end and the length of time is right and the tone and it's also my job to balance out each each person's vows for example if she's a very giddy, silly, funny, hysterical, Lee, you know, she's just vivacious the whole time and he's super serious. It's my job to balance out so that it's not too heavy either way. Um, And also, you know, to make sure that the length of time is roughly, roughly the same. Now I will tell you that my second marriage last, my, yeah, my second marriage last year when we did our vows and I did not help him he did not help me. You know, he spoke for 9 minutes and I spoke for 3. Now thankfully they were really good so it didn't matter but I don't encourage that kind of time difference. So once we're happy I'm back to once we think the vows are in a in a good enough place then it's about how to say the vows. Most people are really terrified of speaking in public. And even if they come to me and they say, you know, I've done a million PowerPoint presentations in front of thousands of people. I will always bring them back down to reality and say, you know what? These are your raw emotions that you're doing. You're not talking about marketing and sales and numbers. And it's a very different scenario. And So what we do is we work on delivering these words and it's about enunciation, projection, reading your vows, but also making eye contact and doing it as much as possible, which comes through practice. People tend to have fidgety gestures when they're nervous, they might sway, the other one will twirl their hair. I mean, there are all kinds of things that can happen. So we simulate that ceremony and on FaceTime or Zoom, I've been virtual with this from way before the pandemic started um, because I work with couples all over the world. And so we will simulate through our practice sessions. I'm the bride or the groom or whether it's the bride and the bride or the groom and the groom or whatever combo it is, the other person and we stand there and we do it as if it's the real thing. I will do that up until right before the ceremony when you know, they're completely ready. It's that moment before the ceremony. It's that quiet time when they're each in their separate spaces. And we'll just get on a little FaceTime. And it's that one last boost of a rehearsal that we do together. It's really, so it's the writing of the vows. And then it's the saying of the vows. And then the third part of my business which became really um, not what I set out to do. I became an efficient only because the knot in wedding wire where I was advertising, I still am, they had nowhere to put me other than the efficient category. So I became one. And that has really become the entry point now because people will find me as an efficient and then I will always, always say, How about writing your vows?
0: I'm loving everything you're saying so far. I I did have a couple things I wanted to clarify. You're based in New York City, but obviously you can work with people anywhere through Zoom or Facetime.
1: Yes, um, not not the officiating part, though. I have been lucky a few times. I was flown to some pretty extraordinary locations to marry people, but it was also I was also doing their vows. And may I say though when the perfect scenario is when I have worked on their vows and I am marrying them as well, I've gotten to know them so well that they are not getting married by a stranger. They're getting married by somebody who you know many of them say, "Wow, you know me better than my therapist you know it's, because we are we we delve very deeply some it's some profound work we do, so it is global, absolutely um yes.
0: You said that people tend to feel really comfortable around you. What do you attribute that to? I guess it's in my,
1: you could really go back to friendships and, and the way I've always had my friendships where it's just been a very easy back and forth. I have found, and, and it's it's in business as well. I can find, I can work with somebody who's really uptight and very reserved and won't open up. And if somehow, I don't, I I really don't know what that magic little trick is. But they will open up. And I find this is an interesting one. I find that men open up far more than women do, which is interesting. And I find also so far that men are far more expressive than we give them credit for. I think that it doesn't take long for that process to happen. I start with a questionnaire where they don't have to talk to me. They write. And that's where they're really that's the first step is with that questionnaire, they they open up with pen and paper. When we first Start to actually speak on Zoom or FaceTime. I ask a lot of questions based on the answers, and I delve and I probe and I probe and I probe. And the more I probe, the more they open up. A question might be, and the questions are really simple. It's up to the person how much they they really want to give. But let's say the question is, why do you want to marry her? And an answer might be, she's just incredibly generous. So that's not good enough for me. I want to know how, why? Give me an example. What has she done? And that's an opportunity to start to delve really into who he's about to marry. And what is it about her generosity? And how has she shown her generosity? And then the examples start happening. And then I might ask more questions. And then it's all about getting to a point where we can tell We can tell the story. We're telling a story of not only the person, but we're telling the story of the couple. It usually is a chronological story of, you know, how they met, how their relationship developed. When did you know for sure? How did it then end end up to the proposal? And, hey, we're now talking, we're almost at your wedding. So it's, it's a whole, it's a structure that I tend to stick to, actually very much so now during the pandemic where we're focusing on these micro-weddings and elopements, and especially the elopements, which people are doing more and more of because they can't do those 200-person weddings. And it's become so stressful that you know a lot of them just say, you know what, screw it, let's elope. Or let's do the 10 people, or whatever it is. And it becomes so much more about the ceremony and so much more about the words. And more and more couples are doing their vows because those pretty beautiful, gorgeous flowers and you know that four-course meal and the dance floor, that's all not happening anymore. Or if it is, it's on such a small scale that the ceremony really has taken precedence which is wonderful for me because unfortunately in so many cases it's the
0: last it's the last thing they think about so are there any differences between elopement vows and more traditional wedding vows or do you approach this the same no matter what the ceremony and size of the wedding looks like well the approach
1: is the same however the result is very different because when it's an elopement and it's really just you know if it's the officiant who might also be the witness so it's you know just the two of them up high on some mountaintop with with the person marrying them they have no one that they've got to worry about in terms of am I going to hurt you know mommy's feelings or you know, do I have to be politically correct? Or, you know, here's a chance where you can talk about some very intimate things that you would normally not talk about in front of a group of people. The process is the same, but the result is different. It's
0: unfiltered and uncensored. And how about the length of it? Is there a ballpark number of minutes that someone should aim for and maybe I'm thinking elopements you can kind of go on a bit longer because nobody is there to really tell you you know wrap it up
1: nobody's getting bored no one's looking at their phone no one's thinking about when's my first cocktail being served yeah I mean it's it's really the length of time whatever whatever feels right and I don't I don't stop them I don't say no listen we really need to cut this off um there's far more freedom with a traditional wedding I've to, I've now come to realize the more weddings that I do the shorter I want the vows to be and I say this because I used to say five or six minutes is great, but it's just too much. It's just way too much. And even if they are fantastic, vows and i I'm so proud of every single word we've done together. It's just too long. So now I'm really much more about the three to four minutes max. You can say it all in that period of time. I think the COVID, the pandemic wedding now, um, the ones I'm officiating are really more like 10 or 15 minutes, more than more than the 20 or 30 minutes. So the vows are shorter, just in general.
0: I was just wondering if there's been a wedding maybe during COVID this year that really stood out to you, an elopement specifically that has just been one of your recent favorites.
1: I had an elopement that uh, took place in Canada it was a postponement slash elopement. They, you know, had a big wedding planned, and then and then a smaller wedding. Interestingly enough, with very few people, and it was a very last minute decision that they didn't even want to do it with their parents or their closest friends. It was just let's go to Canada, which is where we met. I don't I don't even remember where their hometown is in America, but let's go to to Canada to some you know, gorgeous field somewhere. Let's hire someone to marry us. But what I thought was so wonderful was that we had started working with the very original bigger wedding. And then we went to the smaller wedding and the vows became a little shorter. And then we went to the elopement where it was back to, no, let's just let it all out. And so we lengthened the vows and we went back to the original Originally wanted to say. And we put all that back in. But what was really sweet to me that I couldn't believe how nervous they were to be in front of just the other, you know, it was, it was so endearing to me. And they were so concerned about, you know, is she going to like that I'm saying this? Or, I don't know, they just put so much love and thought and, just as much as they had in that big wedding to the little tiny one they ended up doing it was very
0: sweet yeah that's interesting because i think i mean i would assume that people would be nervous to say their vows in front of a crowd but the person who you're marrying seems like the person it would be easy to say it to but i've i've never been married i don't i cannot verify that fact but what would you say is one of the biggest challenges that couples face when writing their vows? Or, okay, two questions, writing the vows, and then what's the biggest challenge delivering the vows?
1: Well, the biggest challenge writing the vows is related to the second part. They're too nervous and scared about talking in front of a group that it becomes too overwhelming. That's when they either decide not to do it or they find me or they just go all right i am doing this you know no matter what um i think the biggest challenge really is that there's so much online about how to write vows that if i were to go on as a first timer that alone would just freak me out there's just so much it's how do you narrow it down how do you really just get to what is truly needed to pull this off and that's why Working with me, I, I get rid of all that, oh my God, all of that extra stuff that you don't need to know. And I just boil it down to some very simple questions to just get us going. I think the challenge is just starting. Mm-hmm. And once we start, then then it flows. Now, if you don't have me, which most people don't have me because they don't even know that I, there's a service out there to help them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Then I I say, just whittle it down to some very simple questions of why am I marrying you? What do I want our future to look like? Have you made me a better person? And what do I want to promise you? And that's it. Don't think about anything else. Everything else else. I mean, there is so much wonderful stuff written online including haha the the press i've written. i've been in uh, i talk about how to write your vows ad nauseum but ignore all that you don't you know it's it, it can be just really simple and then how to say your vows i think the challenge is is getting over your fear and the the most important piece of advice i have is practice and practice and practice and practice out loud because saying these words to yourself is is almost like not practicing at all. But it doesn't do anything. Hearing yourself talk out loud is it, it, what it does is unbelievable. First of all, you will hear you will hear words that you don't need to use anymore. You'll you'll cut. You will hear that you might sound really monotone. You will hear. I mean, there's so much in. Hearing your own voice. In hearing your own voice, you learn also, hey, that maybe this is where I should pause because I think I might get a laugh. You'll never realize that if you're just reading them to yourself. Practicing out loud is also this is the magic ticket to learning your vows. I tell everybody, no matter what, do not memorize your vows, that's a pressure you're putting on yourself that is just not needed however practicing out loud over and over and over and over again your mind absorbs your words and you end up when you're reading your vows off of the piece of paper or the vow book or whatever you've chosen to do you're able to finish the sentences without looking at the piece of paper because you've said them so many times they're ingrained in your mind so that's that's the one piece of advice in delivering your vows is practice. You, you just learn so much that way. And you also hear, you know, if, if there's not enough um, emphasis on a particular phrase, or you might hear something that everybody does, they don't realize it, but they will drop the ends of their sentences. So it could be, you know, I'll read off of, of, you, Katie, I'm looking at your questions right now. Hi, Tanya, looking forward to our chat tomorrow. Here are a few questions. They may sound like is, hi, Tanya, looking forward to our chat tomorrow. Here are a few questions. So you see, I've dropped the end of that sentence. And when you're listening to yourself, hopefully you you hear that you're dropping that. And it's almost, um, you can almost picture that, you're on a path and the end of the path is going up so you know you're you're on a trail and you're starting to climb a hill and that's what your voice should be doing
0: you have done some acting does that play into this
1: i went to juilliard i had an amazing 10 year career and um at juilliard i had the best of the best of the best voice and speech coaches what's incredible is i i'm I've done a full circle. So I left the acting world after ten years because I had kids, and the focus just wasn't there. And I have missed it every second of the way. And now it's full circle because I am teaching acting skills. You know, and every day is um, it's being back in the classroom in a way. It's it's coaching what I was taught.
0: I love the full circle stuff as well. You think, you know, things kind of dip away in your life, but then if they're really part of who you are or important to your purpose, they always seem to pop up again at some point.
1: Yeah, it's it's fascinating how that happens. But I have to say, I've never, I have always done some wonderful things. I've had great careers doing whatever and doing this I'm in a happy world. I'm dealing with happy people. And of course, you know, things can be very stressful and, you know, the vows aren't done. It's two days before. That's not my fault, by the way. It can get very stressful. But for the most part, I joined an industry that is just a really happy industry. And it's so fulfilling. And to be able to see that I can turn things around, that I can... I can take people who are terrified and work that magic and and you know whether I'm at the wedding watching the vows or I'm watching on on Zoom or whatever it is the fulfillment I get is so extraordinary and it's the same fulfillment I had as when I was on stage you know it's it's kind of a beautiful thing
0: I love that well Tanya, when I'm ready to get married one day, I already am convinced that I'm reaching out to you. But right now, if others are working on an elopement or struggling with their wedding vows, where would be the best place to reach out to you? There's several
1: places on my website where you can contact me directly. You can always DM me on Instagram at the vow whisperer. Or my email is Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A, at the
0: Perfect. And I'll definitely link to the as well on our blog post. Um, yeah, thank you so much. I I think this is fascinating and everything you're doing is super awesome. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Katie. It's been a pleasure.
0: So that wraps up my conversation with Tanya. Again, if you'd like to visit her website, you can go to thevowwhisperer.com. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, you can visit runawaytogether.co/slash resources to check out the show notes to this episode, links for everything that we mentioned, as well as the archives of all the previous podcast episodes. If you'd like to say hi on Instagram, I'm also on there over at runawaytogether.co, and I will see you next time.